Happy Fire Whiskey Friday, Fire Whiskers. It's Hannah Beth. Just a quick note in this cold open. We had some technical difficulties this week, and therefore, uh, the quality is not quite up to scratch. We ended up having to use, um, for the majority of the episode, the audio ripped from our Zoom meeting, um, which is definitely not ideal. And so just wanted to give a quick heads up that the quality is definitely not up to par and also we're unable to remove background noise like we typically would be able to just due to the nature of what audio we have available for this week because we were not able to re-record in order to get the episode out on time. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode, but just want to give you a heads up that the audio is probably not where you're used to it for this week. The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Just the two of us. We can podcast if we want. Just the two of us. And HB. Just the two of us. Building podcasts on the cloud. Just the two of us. And HB. (laughs) Okay, weird Al Yankovic, but okay. Yeah, a little bit. Also, uh, HB is not quite with us yet. Um, I just saw, quote, sorry, I had to kick my husband out of bed and he didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> Feels very Grey's Anatomy, but. Anyway. <sighs> All right. So, good morning. It's morning. It is morning. We were supposed to record last night, but. I gave birth to an unholy terror. So it's morning. Yes. What happened was. Oh, God. Okay. I- I've been very bad, guys. I'm sorry. I haven't been writing shit down. I'm sorry. So, from what I remember, now that I'm skimming the page. Ha ha ha. Um. Let's see what happened. I do remember that they were talking about the whole, like, Hermione, Maya being adopted by Harry's grandparents thing because we had to have this conversation again. And then I seem to remember something about them. Did they kind of, like, go into the whole, like, her and, um... Why do I keep mixing up Sirius and Remus? Whatever. Talking about, like, the girls that he, like, slept with or whatever thing and how that was a bad idea. Yeah, so it started with um, her 
uh, well, it started with Remus, Harry, and Ron walking up on Sirius, drinking whiskey at, you know, whatever o'clock in the morning. And they were like, what's going on? He's like, oh, Maya's redecorating. And then they hear screeching Oh, and yeah, because she was, like, breaking stuff everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then they had to, like, talk about her, like, timeline and stuff with them and ask it well, a Well, not so much the timeline, but, like, explaining why Marlene McKinnon was an issue. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, because that was, like, really bad. And then Draco just, like, randomly decided to show up, and then he was, like, adding fuel to this fire because he's a butt nugget. But- well, yeah, she he, he came out of the flu, and she immediately punched him in the face and then hugged him and fixed his nose, and he was confused because he doesn't know that it's Maya. Yeah, and then he kept, like, adding stuff to it, like, whoa, you know about pure blood and it's just like well, shut up no, no no he wasn't he wasn't adding fuel to the fire though he was explaining because um ron and harry were both kind of confused about like but uh hermione's not a pure blood and draco's like uh yeah she is she was adopted by a pure blood family that counts it fixes her magic and explained that it's not about the blood actually being dirty it's about the um magic being pure so now that hb is here hey we're already recording because like with how hot and gross it is literally if shit sits in the washing machine for longer than 45 minutes it gets so musty that you have to dry it and rewash it so we're trying to just beat the washing machine here okay sorry 14 things are open now okay i see that there's a thing but then let me have yeah sorry yeah got it yeah sorry um Uh, Micah fell asleep watching TV last night, and I only know this because he woke up, or I woke up, with Colin at, like, 2.30, and anime was blasting (laughs) on my TV in the living room, and Micah is, like, passed out, and I, like, had to physically, like, shake his face for him to wake up, and I don't think he came to bed then either. And like turn it all off. And it was like, babe, come on. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> so he still was still asleep. So I was like, You have you have to leave so I could do this. <laughs> I love you, Kibai. <laughs> anyway. Uh, funny. <sighs> but not funny, haha. Funny, weird. But it's morning. It is, it is morning. <laughs> So essentially, Draco is giving Ron crap about not knowing how adoption works and explaining that, like, mud blood focuses on the blood, but it actually has nothing to do with blood. It has to do with, like, magic. Does Ron understand how anything works? No. He doesn't even know how he works. I think he probably understands his penis, and that's probably about it. (laughs) There is a train of thought here. Have you seen that trend on... TikTok, I've seen some on Instagram too, of like a the like filter of like my Disney boyfriend or my blah, blah, and it's like a bunch of dudes and people were like, can he find the clip? <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> the next person, absolutely not. You know, <laughs> for some reason that came to my mind when you just said that. Anyway, it's true. Gaston can't. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah so and that's... then apparently she walked in 
after breaking stuff and was like, there's glass all over the floor, guys. You don't oh, want to yeah. hurt yourself. Be careful. I'm better now. <laughs> she just turned the Black Manor into a rage room for herself. Oh, man. I want to go to a rage room so bad. They're Cats fun. been to a rage room. They are very, very fun. Were you at the time actively angry about something or did you just find something to be no angry about? It, it was actually recently before uh britney got married because that was her bachelorette party oh, we went to a rage room God. the only thing that was weird well not really weird but you could show my age is they had this really nice pyrex measuring cup and i'm like don't hit the pyrex guys that's a good brand that's a good measuring cup and then one of her friends just like smashes the crap out of it i'm like not the pyrex oh we're so old <laughs> no i would have done that too but yeah, yeah, no, there was like you know that casserole dish the white one with like the blue flowers blue flowers yeah there was one of those and somebody smashed the crap out of that i'm like no guys that's a good casserole dish you could make some serious money on the blue corn flower yeah ones. i was about to say you can I sell know. those and like I make was, money i was so bad about I'm those li- things with the rest of it was working at this rage room and how did they not pull that out yeah like how millennial of us going trust me no, the guy don't at the smash desk the thing the guy at the desk didn't know his butt from his elbow. Like, he... <laughs> but you can pick your music too when you're in there. Like, you can pick whatever you want to like get the rage going. It's fun. There was a song that my sister and I used to call the uh, the monkey song because it went oh, and I think it's down with the sickness. Uh, it is. <laughs> but... Oh, I remember what I was gonna tell That's you. A good one. So. For some reason the other day, like, you know, when you get like random thoughts and you're like, why am I thinking about this? Because this has nothing to do with anything. So yes. the other day, for some reason, I was thinking about your sister's friend who, when she got drunk, she'd say, God damn, I say God damn. Like, oh, for some reason, God I was I thinking about that. And I don't know why that popped into my head, but it was just some random thought I had. I was just like, why am I thinking what? about it, That's the entire story. This girl would get, whenever she got drunk, she would just go, God damn, I say God damn. <laughs> I don't know why, but like that was her drunk catchphrase. And so, like every once in a while, my sister and I were hanging out, and we'd see something wild. We'd be like, "God damn, I say, God damn!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now I have to talk to my sister and ask if she remembers the "God damn, I say, God damn" girl. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god, it's so dumb, but it just there was a lot of joy that came out of that. Um, Does she also have a drunk name? <coughs> I, I don't remember. My drunk name or my bar name was Sam. Cat was Iris. Mine was after Sex in the City. Hers was after the holiday. That tracks. Um, Samantha Dare. <laughs> it was so obviously fake, but it made me happy. Okay. All right. But oh, yeah. And then finally, it ends with uh, Draco recognizing that Hermione is Maya because he knows, I guess. Because I guess his mom explained no, it. No, but... they told her. Told him. Oh, right. R- 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 about right. her. Yeah. Narcissa and Dramata did, right? No, no, they do on the porch while Maya's smashing the, the house up. Oh. And Draco doesn't give a shit, so he doesn't ask very many questions. And also, he's smart, so he figures out more than Ron oh, yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he yeah. doesn't have to have everything explained 12 times. Yeah. And then Ron's kind of a dick to Draco. And Maya's like, we don't do that. He's family. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anywho, all right, so um, oh, it ended with Ron asking, you punched Snape? And she was like, yeah. And they were like, why? 
And she said, because they threaten Sirius. And Remus goes, told you she doesn't like people touching her things. She also <sighs> set him on fire. Yes. <laughs> but that, that was his Hermione. That was his Hermione. Maya punched him in the face. Twice. <laughs> Chapter 133. Collected life debts. September 21st, 1998. I almost said 1928. Anyway. <laughs> the residents of number 12 arrived at the borough in small groups. Harry and Ron took Teddy with them through the flu, while Tonks met up with Draco, Narcissa, and Andromeda to sidelong apparate. Since the Malfoys and Weasleys had never been close even before ending up on opposite sides of the war, it seemed like a good idea to not have them pop up unannounced from the fireplace. Can you imagine, though? I'm sorry. Can, like, can... Just like Can you walking into the burrow. <laughs> Just. <sighs> I can't even imagine people popping out of a fireplace. <laughs> Fair. Maya took a breath before clutching Sirius's arm with one hand and Remus's with the other. They disapparated away from London, arriving at the borough a few moments later. The sight of the old crooked house nearly brought tears to her eyes. Maya controlled herself and swallowed down her emotions. The anticipation was almost overwhelming, not only of seeing her old friend from Hogwarts, but Arthur and Kingsley as well, who had been Maya's friends from the Ministry and Order before she'd gone missing. It was the latter two whom she was most worried about seeing again. They walked toward the borough, and she noted that a small marquee had been set up outside, most likely surrounded by a warming charm to fight off the biting September chill. As they approached, Maya released her grip on the wizards, the smell of Molly Weasley's cooking pulling her towards the large tent. Even from a distance, she could see them all gathered together inside. Bill was hovering next to Fleur protectively as she carried trays to the large table alongside her mother-in-law, shooing her husband away with a fierce glare. Charlie, still home from the Dragon Reserve to help with the reconstruction of Hogwarts, was in a corner pouring fire whiskey into glasses with Fred and George. Ginny was holding Teddy in her arms, with Harry sitting beside her, all smiles, while Ron walked around the tent beside Neville and Luna, the newest members of the Order of the Phoenix, though without a war to fight, there hardly seemed to be a reason for it. There were other members of the Order present as well whom Maya recognized. Daedalus Diggle and Hestia Jones, whom she had known from the original order, as well as Sturgis Podmore. Arthur, Pursley, and Kingsley were standing together beside Molly, deep in conversation with one another while the witch tended to the food. In the back of the tent sat Hagrid with a glass of fire whiskey the size of a small barrel in his hand, and sitting close beside him was a small house elf, Dobby, who was wearing six different pairs of mismatched socks on his feet and two different scarves. Sounds like Claire. Okay, you know what? I only wear a pair of mismatched socks. Rude. But accurate. You don't match socks? I don't. We've had this conversation. We have. It makes uh, you very uncomfortable. Every time. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like I it. I don't like it. The only members of the order that seemed to be missing were Minerva, who was busy at Hogwarts, Elpheus Doge, Arabella Fig, Aberforth Dumbledore, and Mundungus Fletcher. I'm panicking, Maya muttered softly. Me too. <laughs> it's just a general statement. <laughs> You'll be fine, love. Sirius promised. Besides, you're going to have competition for attention. He directed her attention to Tonks, Draco, Narcissa, and Anemones. And Andromeda as they approached. 
and Andromeda was not that, that those two should no no it should have been Tonks Draco Andromeda and Narcissa how how to tell the story was written to be read read and not silently not read aloud yes Maya inhaled sharply, her only indication of nerves, before composing herself to hold her head high as she came face to face with Narcissa Malfoy. The blonde stared at her for several long moments, appraising Maya before she finally allowed the smallest hint of a smile to appear. Well, well, Potter, she said, her smile turning into a full smirk that rivaled that of her son. You've held up quite well over the years. Whatever is your secret? The blood of Time my readers. <laughs> Or sorry, the tears of my readers. I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I've been watching too many murder documentaries. <laughs> sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Time turner, Maya said without a pause, the smallest hint of an arrogant smile showing at the corner of her mouth. We can't all bathe in the blood of the baby nogtails to look as lovely as you do. Ha! Ha! I knew that was coming. Narcissa actually laughed at that and then turned to look at Sirius. Wait, sorry. Mm. Squirrel, have you all seen the latest Fantastic Beast movie? Yeah. Yes. Which makes even less sense than the second one. Yes. But what was the creature thing that Grindelwald was killing because we're seeing the future? The, what, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes, but I don't remember what they're called. That it wasn't a nogtail, right? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't a nogtail, right? I don't think Ooh. so. Oh, fuck. Google it. Google it. Okay. Narcissa actually laughed at that and then turned to look at Sirius. The pair of you will either restore our ancient and noble house or run it completely into the ground. Either way, it'll be a good show, and I'm not one to miss out on free entertainment. Oh, Sissa. Molly said softly, it'll hardly be free. Narcissa's lips quirked, and Maya grinned. Draco stared between the two of them as if he were suddenly concerned about the new friendship obviously brewing. Maya's attention then turned to the elder black sister. Her smile softened, and she sighed with relief. Dromeda. Maya Potter. Andromeda grinned and moved to embrace her. You are as lovely as ever, my dear. And while there are many great things about Hermione Granger, these two, she said, gesturing to Remus and Sirius, were absolutely pathetic in your long absence. I think I did pretty well under the circumstances, Sirius said, offended. Remus scoffed. Shall we? Narcissa asked. Mum and I'll take the Malfoys in first, Tonks insisted. Get that over with quickly before you lot come in. No, you two go as well. Maya nudged Sirius and Dreamus forward. I, I need a moment, I think, she muttered quietly and folded her arms in front of her chest, nervously staring at the tent in front of them all. Silently, they each nodded and turned to join the largely gathered group, Sirius waiting an extra moment longer to lean in and kiss her cheek in support. We'll get everyone ready, he promised before turning and leaving her to her thoughts. Maya turned away from the tent and breathed in deeply, looking forward into the distant orchard. Sorry. Maya turned away from the tent and breathed in deeply, looking forward into the distant orchards of the burrow, a part of her wanting to shift into her animagus form and disappear into the trees where she could hide away forever. 
She had barely heard the sound of footsteps before someone called out to her. Hello, Maya Potter. Maya turned around to come face to face with Luna Lovegood. Luna, I, how did you? Oh, I'm sorry, the blonde said, her ethereal voice soft and sweet. Are we not calling you that yet? Her large eyes looked around Maya as though she were examining her aura or gathering of rack spurts. You know who I am? Oh, yes, I've always known, but then again, you haven't, have you? Maya smiled. So creepy. <laughs> I don't know why that's so creepy to me. I've always known who you are, but you haven't. <laughs> Maya smiled, nearly choking on a sob that was trying to escape her throat. You were friends with my mother, and she told me stories, Luna explained. One of my favorites was about a special shapeshifter. It was a phoenix that was really a fox who could turn into a witch, she said, with a hint of a smile. But the witch could also turn into a snake or a lion, depending on her mood. Quite fascinating, shapeshifters. Don't you agree? Yes, Maya said pulling Luna into a hug. Quite fascinating. Luna eventually pulled away from Maya with a brighter smile, her eyes twinkling in the soft light of the setting sun. Shall we go in now? Maya inclined her head and followed her friend into the tent where someone had magicked the floor to be hardwood, more than likely the twins, who were probably planning on dancing like they had during Bill and Floor's wedding, the last time the marquee had been set up. As serene and calm as Luna was, the rest of the large group was the exact opposite. Fred, George, and Charlie were in a debate with Harry, Ginny, and Sirius over the presence of the Malfoys, who stood near Tonks and Andromeda, looking bored as they waited for their company to be approved. This was supposed to be an order meeting. I want to know why there are bloody Malfoys here, Charlie snapped. Because I asked them to be here. Maya said, inserting herself into the conversation and bringing attention to her presence. All eyes turned toward her. The shattering of plates broke through the sudden silence, and when Maya looked towards the sound, she saw Bill and Floor staring at her with wide eyes and open mouths. Floor was looking her up and down as though searching for something, and Bill had turned his attention to Remus as if waiting for directions. <gasps> I just realized. Bill, werewolf. He smells the fox on her. Yes. It literally says that three sentences later. No, shut up. <laughs> it's been like three years since I've read this. That's fair. I read it on our way home from Orlando. Fair. Uh, Claire just had a me moment. <laughs> this is My an audio podcast, Claire. Claire. <sighs> Claire used a rude hand gesture. <laughs> Maya simply smiled at them both, figuring that the pair of them, both a little more creature than the others, had scented out the difference in her immediately, and Bill, part of the pack, had deferred to their alpha for assistance. Hey, Myony. Charlie briefly glanced at her before turning his attention back to the argument. I'm just saying, he said, but then stopped and turned to look back at her this time with focused attention and a grin. Myony, did you do something with your hair? You're looking good. Maya rolled her eyes when she noticed Sirius bristle in response to the compliment. The Malfoys are here at my request, 
This isn't my home, but they are my guests, and I would expect everyone, as grown witches and wizards, the lot of you, to treat them with the respect that I insist upon, she said firmly. It's not a request. The majority of the large group lowered their heads shamefully, but the three instigating redheads looked as though they had been challenged, and were now, more than ever, amused by the witch who dared to throw down the gauntlet. Is that so? Fred asked with a smirk as he approached her. And how are we to be punished when we break your rules? George said with a smug grin. Charlie's right, though. You look lovely. Fred chimed in. Somebody's flirting and wants a spanking. (laughs) Why did they go to that? Annabeth's face was just amazing. Because the way he's like, and how are we to be punished when we break your rules? It's like, do you want to be hit? Like... (laughs) I'm sorry, but it sounds like he wants to be, like, kinkily smacked. She is beauty. She is grace. She will punch you in the face. Yes. Kinkily smacked. Well, the way he says that, it's kind of like, well, you look good. I'm calling sexy spankings kinkily smacks from now on. (laughs) Kinkily smacks. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's just how it's coming off. I mean, there's lots of those fanfics out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are. Lots of Hermione and the twins. Yeah. Charlie's right, though. You look lovely, Fred chimed in. <laughs> Gorgeous, George added. Fred adjusted his tie. Fancy a drink? A nightcap, perhaps? George waggled his eyebrows. Maya sighed in irritation. I don't have time for this. Go sit down and I will deal with you later. All right, she said, her voice a bit louder. We need to get some security questions out of the way. What for? Charlie asked. War's over, love. I'm serious. Ask me as many questions as you need to, she insisted, noting that her words had put several of the members into a visibly worried state. Go on. Arthur was the first to step forward. Um, right then. Hermione, what form does your Patronus take? Maya winced, hoping that no one requested to see the thing as proof. An otter, she answered, slightly annoyed that Arthur's question had not improved. Anyone at the final battle could have known what her Patronus was. Only Remus and Sirius stared at her when she replied, likely knowing the current form her Patronus took. What was the name of my epigraph? Hagrid asked from the back. The one you tried to save for me. Buckbeak, Maya said sweetly. And I did save him. What? Draco asked loudly, turning to glare at her. That was you? Focus, she hissed at him, and then looked back at the group. Anyone else? Kingsley took the bait. When you and I helped retrieve Harry from his aunt and uncle's house last year, how did we fly away? Maya grinned, happy that someone was taking this seriously. We rode a Thestral. When he looked pleased with her answer, she decided to stick with him. Now, Minister Shacklebolt, at any point during that night or any night that preceded or followed it, did I save your life? Kingsley frowned, his brows pulled together in curiosity. No. To clarify, you do not owe me, Hermione Granger, a life debt. I know my life debts, Hermione, he said very seriously. I keep a running list in my head. Used to be helpful when I was an aura. Is there a reason you ask? Could you recite that list from memory, Minister? I assure you I have a point. 
Well, um, Alistair Moody, he began, and everyone took a brief moment of silence to acknowledge their fallen comrade. Robards once saved me from a cursed object. Tonks here saved me from a Death Eater. Frank Longbottom took a hex in the back for me once that landed him in St. Mungo's for a week. The mention of the hospital seemed to trigger a memory because his eyes lit up. Oh, and there was... He paused before speaking again, his eyes falling over Maya in sudden recognition and shock. His normally loud, deep timber voice lowered to a soft whisper. That's... that's not... Maya smiled apprehensively. Hello, kings. He slowly drew his wand, shock fading into swift suspicion. Who are you? As smoothly as his surprised expressions shifted to wariness, Maya's smile turned into a teasing smirk. Am I not Hermione Granger? I thought we just covered that. Anyone could have learned enough about Hermione Granger, but what you're saying is... His eyes flickering to Remus and Sirius, who were slowly gravitating towards Maya, hands hovering over where they had their wands holstered. It's not possible. Remus, Sirius, please do back up. I'd greatly prefer it if Harry, Ron, and Tonks didn't have to arrest you for attacking the Minister for Magic, Maya said with a smile before turning her attention back to Kingsley. I can prove it. How? Who here owes a life debt to Hermione Granger? Slowly, hands rose in the air. The first had been Sirius, followed by Harry and Ron. Ginny rose her hand next, followed by Fred, much to the surprise of George, who eyed his twin with curiosity. Fred only grinned in response, clearly keen on keeping the secret. When a life debt is invoked, even without fulfilling it, there is a pressure felt by the debtor depending on the weight of the life debt. My name is Hermione Granger, she said loudly. Invocato vita debitum. Almost instantly, those who owed her a life debt seemed to feel the impact. Magic crackled in the air. Sirius was leaning on Remus for support while Fred leaned on George. The power of Maya's spell had knocked Ginny back into her seat. Harry and Ron, however, were taken to their knees by the force of the magic. Such was the weight of the life debts they owed her. Maya turned to Kingsley. Am I Hermione Granger? Clearly. But you're not just claiming to be Hermione Granger, are you? She breathed in deeply, closing her eyes as she spoke. My name is Maya Potter. At the declaration, several people gasped. Invocato vito debitum. Kingsley fell to his knees before her. As Harry and Ron had previously done, Remus and Sirius collapsed behind her. What the hell is happening? (laughs) She's invoking the life debt? Which means that if you owe her a life debt, you will literally physically feel the pressure of that. So, like, Kingsley has one life debt. So, it dropped him to his knees. Harry, Ron, Sirius, and Remus probably have, like, somewhere between 5 and 20. So, they're literally, like, on the ground because of how heavy that weight is. Oh. Yeah, imagine if every time somebody saved your life, it put a 100-pound plate on your head. That's kind of what they're doing right now. Oh, okay. Um, You're much nicer than me because my first instinct was to just go magic (laughs) and then explain. But anyway. At the sight of the Minister for Magic kneeling before a 19-year-old witch, most rose to their feet. At the very least, get a good look. Those who knew the name Maya Potter were pushing, pushing their way to the front. 
It's not possible, Daedalus whispered. You died. Dumbledore said you died. Dumbledore sits on a throne of lies. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the chapter, or the episode title. I don't know. Kinkly Smacks is pretty good, too. True. Dumbledore Kinkly Smacks. Anyway. (laughs) And Alvis Dumbledore. does. I'm sure his beard also nope, nope, don't, nope, nope. shutting down that line of thought. Don't need to picture that. I have a great imagination and there's certain pictures I don't need to put in there. Thank you. And Albus Dumbledore always spoke the truth. She asked with a stern glance at the older wizard who gaped at her openly. She turned her attention back to Kingsley and smiled. You can get up now, Kings. I'm not calling in your debt. Not tonight, at least. Maya? She turned as Arthur slowly approached her, his eyes wide and his steps cautious. You, you're really Maya. Hello, Arthur. You owe me five galleons, he said with a (laughs) joyful smile. I told you it would be a boy. Arthur laughed loudly and moved forward, wrapping her in a hug. She grinned and returned the affection to her old friend. Soon there was a line of older order members coming to see if it was, in fact, the long-lost Maya Potter. Hagrid was sobbing hysterically into a tablecloth-sized handkerchief. When he hugged her, Maya thought one of her lungs would collapse at any moment. Not to interrupt what will surely be an interesting story, Fred chimed in. But is anyone going to help out these poor lads? He gestured to the side of the tent where Harry, Neville, and Draco were on the ground, flat on their chests, struggling against some invisible weight that was pressing them down. Maya stared, wide-eyed at the side of the boys. Well, that's unexpected. I, um, I'm not calling in your debts. Immediately, her words released them. That's strange. The weight of the debt must have been exponential. I shouldn't have had to verbally release you. Draco was first to his feet. What the fuck, Potter? Harry was second to follow and turned to glare at Draco. I didn't do anything, Malfoy. (laughs) Not you, Scarhead. Granger Potter, Draco said, gesturing to Maya. What the hell was that? Scarhead, that's the best you've got. He's being nice. Hermione? Draco asked as Luna helped him to his feet. Well, I wouldn't be as insulting as some... He said, eyeing Draco. Wait, pause. You said Dramiety. Draco asked. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Hermione and Neville asked. (laughs) Sorry. Hermione? Neville asked. Is Drake back? Everyone is Draco. (laughs) God damn it. Hermione? Neville asked as Luna helped him to his feet. Well, I wouldn't be as insulting as some, he said, eyeing Draco. That wasn't exactly pleasant, and, well, if I owe you something, I'd like to pay it off quickly, so maybe that doesn't have to happen again? I don't... I don't know what that was, Maya mumbled. Remus cleared his throat and leaned into whisper, Contraceptive potion. Uh. Maya's eyes widened, and she covered her mouth in understanding... Oh, Merlin, I, uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> short version, then, for those who are clearly still confused. My name is Hermione Granger, and I was sent back into the past thanks to a time-turner, specifically to 1971, where Dumbledore had me adopted by Charles and Doria Potter. I was raised as the sister of James Potter, Harry's father, who called me Maya. No one said a word, causing her to clear her throat. 
Hi, I'm Maya. I don't know why, but that just cracks me up. Hi, I'm Dory. <laughs> That's why. Uh, it's it very much like an AA meeting. Hi, I'm Hermione Granger. <laughs> and I was sent back into the past. Yes. It does. It's a little bit like an AA introduction. And I have a punching problem. <laughs> but only for snakes. Yes. Yeah. Although she would have punched a lion given half a choice. But actually, I've been and some promiscuous raving before, and they don't do that. All right. Yeah, they don't do that. Noted. Yeah. I had I'm to go just... for a class. It wasn't because I had to be there. I was going <laughs> for a class. Because when I was getting my psychology degree, I had to go to one as a project. <laughs> yes. Noted. And, I, and I saw people I knew. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Good for them. I was about to say, if they're there, that's a good themselves. sign. If yes. they're there, that's a good sign. It, it surprised me because I was like, really? But. Mm-hmm. Really, but also like this makes things make sense. Yeah, for me, like there were a lot of adults who I didn't realize until I was much older that like they didn't drink, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't a no. I'm just not big into alcohol. This is a I cannot drink." Yes. Okay. I didn't have those people in my life. Um, My godfather is one of them. Actually, Um, I was the godfather position. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that was sort of like he he got sober around the time I was born, or like a few months before, and so that was sort of the family saying like, "You're still part of the family. We still love you. We still accept you." Um, so like that was cool, and he has not had a drink since. So I also thirty like, years. People didn't really drink around me growing up. Like fair. Grew up super Baptist. There was no alcohol on anything. I did not have that experience. (laughs) I grew up surrounded, and and that sounds bad, but no, like not like you know hedonistic. No, but like no, it just alcohol was very normalized, which is funny because like I, you know, what makes it worse though. So Amazon is targeting me on Facebook with ads, as they do with everybody. So. The other day, it targeted me with a sippy cup for a baby that is a red solo cup. I've seen and I those. was like, what in the world? All right, we need to buy the podcast because I have to go buy something for my son. <laughs> it is a red solo cup, sippy cup. And I was like, what in the world? But then baby, I'm also coat, I'm yes. Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm also so the one who's going to buy a child a Hennessy onesie. So anyway, I mean, yeah. Oh yes. my god! Oh my god! They have sippy wine glasses. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. So, okay. Okay. There we have. You know how people like take pictures of their kids in like the tub with spelling out curse words or like other miscellaneous. Yes blackmailing things we have a series of pictures that look like colin's holding a beer so <laughs> yes i love it they're really funny and i can't stop doing them because they're fun- now they have to be closed for sure because he oh, will try to drink them. It. <laughs> <clears throat> baby's first beer no okay so no no absolutely not. i know i'm kidding calm I just, kids. no i know i just we used to call him as, that baby good in the old days as a parent 
who would like to not have CPS call to me. Yes. I would like to just oh, state. Yes. Very clear. No. 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 Baby does not have alcohol. Also not putting whiskey on gums for teething. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. Oh, I, I have had that advice given to me on multiple occasions. And I'm this like. This week. Somebody this week was like, just for I would get like, arrested. No. <laughs> Thank you. You're not Trust allowed me, to keep I my wish kid I could by make... yourself. <laughs> Also, yes, that's a good way to weed out babysitters. But anyway, um, anyway, the dead of time. Uh, so Remus just said contraceptive potions. Um, no, hi, I'm Maya. Oh, oh hi, right. I'm Maya. Yeah, so she said, hi, I'm Maya. Uh, she turned awkwardly to Sirius and Remus, who both looked amused at the Cliff Notes version of the tale they'd had to repeat several times over the last day. I grew up with Sirius and Remus here, as well as Harry's mum, and she turned her attention to Neville, and Frank and Alice Longbottom. Did you save my parents' lives? Is that why I owe you a life debt? Harry asked, while the rest of the order processed all of this new information. Maya shook her head. No, well, yes, I did save their lives once or twice. She briefly thought of healing James's open septum sempra wound, breathing life back into a recently drowned lily. But that's not why. You don't owe her a life debt, Narcissa chimed in. You boys owe that witch your lives. Draco stared up at his mother. Excuse me? (laughs) You owe your very existence to Miss Potter, Draco. Narcissa told her son and then turned her eyes back to Maya. I remember the last time I saw you. Remembered every single detail. I had to, of course, seeing that you'd given me a potion recipe that required very specific instructions. Rose thorns and red clover brewed in the spring and drank under a full moon. You took my advice? Narcissa turned her focus to Draco and smiled, this time soft and genuine. Obviously. Oh, snap. That was back, way back when with the wedding. They, aha, look at me remembering it- stuff. It wasn't the wedding. It was when Maya saw her in the hospital and she was oh. suffering from a miscarriage and Lucius was being a douchebag about it. Yeah, it's when, it's when she like open hand clawed across Lucius' face that left the scar. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Good shit. Because that was but the yeah. last time she struck Lucius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that she she gave her a fertility potion. That clearly worked. Um, Maya smiled. He was still spoiled. Which you knew would happen, Narcissa said, waving her words off. I did, however, take your advice and kept him out of the control of his father. Really? (laughs) Something that has benefited the entire wizarding world, Narcissa. Really? (laughs) Rose thorns and... Draco muttered under his breath and turned his gray eyes on Maya for a long moment and then looked back to his mother. Are you honestly telling me? You were always talented at potions, Draco, Narcissa said. Surely you can understand. The uncomfortable look in his eyes so that he understood completely. So you gave my mother the recipe for a fertility potion, he said to Maya matter-of-factly. It was clear that, until he had said it, many in the room were confused. The moment he had spoken the words, there was a loud echo of, oh, around the room. 
But if that created a life debt, shouldn't that mean a parent is owed a life debt by a child? It yes. should. Both Narcissa and Molly said aloud at the same time. There was a quiet bout of laughter that filled the room, and each witch looked mildly abashed, refusing to make eye contact with the other and acknowledge their shared viewpoint. I didn't do it to make sure Narcissa had any child, Maya said pointedly. I needed to make sure that she had you, specifically you, Draco. Her eyes turned to Neville and Harry, neither of which had completely figured it out. I dropped a shrivel fig in the contraceptive potion that Lily was brewing for herself and Alice. I couldn't risk the two of you not being born. Neville processed the information faster than Harry and stepped forward slowly to stand beside Draco. He hesitated, but then smiled softly and did his best to hold his head a little higher. I owe you a life debt, Hermione Grit. Er, Maya Potter? The way his nose crinkled in embarrassment, the same way Frank's did, plucked at her heartstrings, causing her to smile. Call me whatever you like, Neville. Mommy? No, sorry. Whoa! <laughs> sorry. So you thought I was nasty this morning. Jesus. Whoa! It I is just... a Sunday morning. What the fuck? I binged the entirety of Mercy last night. Bro, same. I read the entire thing. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. In one day. We have it's, a problem. We do. There is a series of four books called the Salacious Players Club. And oh, they're so good. Four people who own a sex club. Um, and the final book came out yesterday or like Friday. two days ago. Friday. Yeah. And Hannah Beth and I just read the entire thing over the weekend. And it was... Uh, <clears throat> and great. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've great. never read a book with a female dom. And it was uh, it was interesting. I learned things. About myself. (laughs) Anyway. Full confessional this morning. All right. Annabeth got that. (laughs) Cat is staring open mouth. I don't know if it's because she do not understand or you just willfully ignorant or not caring. I don't really care, but I also don't understand because when, as I said, when Claire and I saw Fifty Shades of Grey, I leaned over to her. I'm like, why would anybody do that? What is that? Does that actually feel good? Ouch. God, God that must hurt. Ah, uh, yes. We can delve into the depths of kink specificity at a later date. I need to not be recorded or on video for this conversation. 100%. <laughs> because I'm already like blushing in the hot. <laughs> I'd like to make it very clear that I just read a lot. And also anytime I don't know anything, I Google it. Unless it's that in which I do, duck, do, duck, do. go in. <laughs> do, do, do. Duck, duck, go is great, guys. Or and, oh my I God, text my I'm friend blushing. who also has things and knows things and might have Googled it before me. Yes. Yeah. Sirius turned to Harry and patted him on the shoulder. Slowly, Harry stepped forward to stand next to Neville and smiled at Maya. Hermione, it's no secret that I owe you plenty of life debts. You've saved me more times than I can even count. But this, I owe you a life debt, Maya Potter. He said her name and smiled at her the same way his father would have. Maya smiled back, doing her best not to cry. All eyes in the room fell on Draco. The Slytherin pursed his lips stubbornly and looked back to meet the gaze of his mother once more before turning to face Maya. He narrowed his eyes over the fact that she suddenly looked much less humble to receive him than she had been for Harry and Neville. Still, he was a proper pureblood and had been raised knowing all of the appropriate customs that needed to be observed. 
Maya Potter, he said, reaching out and taking her right hand in his. A Hawthorne wand gripped in his palm. His voice and words were formal, likely a way to prove that the other two had not done this correctly. I, Draco Malfoy, owe you a life debt, and am, therefore, in your service. He bowed his head ever so slightly to her. When he raised it again and released her hand, he smirked. And I would be very grateful if you released me of my debt in exchange for the one that he owes me. <laughs> he said, gesturing towards Harry. As Harry clearly realized that Draco was essentially holding his life debt hostage in exchange for his own, he looked at Maya with a pleading stare. Maya smirked at them both. Not a chance. If I may. Percy, no. Percy's not What Cockney. the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, you sound like um Audrey Hepburn's dad and my fair lady. Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, but that was funny. Now having flashbacks of singing Get Me to the Church on Time with my mom on the way to my wedding. <laughs> that's adorable. It was really cute. <laughs> that's fucking adorable. Oh my god. More like get your dad to the church on time. I don't want to talk about it. Who was at the church on time? Who was at the top of the aisle on time? Bathroom. If I may, Percy said as he cleared his throat and stepped forward to stand beside Kingsley. I don't mean to cause a problem, but according to Ministerial Decree 42 of 1899, unapproved use of time turners is expressly forbidden. I don't want to cause problems, but here I am causing problems anyway. She's like, of course, that would be the line Percy dropped. Also, he would know about a fucking ministerial yep. decree of 1899. I didn't send myself into the past, Maya said innocently. Then technically how, true. Technically true. Then how did you get there? Kingsley asked. Is this a formal inquisition minister? Well, no. Kingsley sighed, scratching his head. But Percy's right. This isn't just a personal matter or an order matter. Time turners are supposed to be monitored by the Department of Mysteries. It falls under ministry law, and we'll need to look into it. Bitch, please. The ministry doesn't do half the shit they're supposed to do. Well, that's changing, because Kings is in charge now. Yeah. There's no need, Maya said simply. I can tell you exactly what happened. A Death Eater named Antonin Dolohov stole a time-turner from the Department of Mysteries, presumably when we were all attacked there at the end of fifth year. He's the Death Eater that tried to kill me. I suppose he had a grudge against me for surviving. All eyes were on her with rapt attention as she told the tale. Those who knew the truth, Remus especially, were staring at her with intensity. How did he do it? Kingsley asked curiously. He had the time-turner planted among my belongings, though I'm not certain how he did it or how long the time-turner had been there. She answered simply, showing no emotion on her face. He left a letter. That's how I know it was him. Unfortunately, the letter was destroyed in 1971 upon my arrival, and the time-turner was broken when I returned here to the present. Shame, Kingsley noted. We could have potentially tracked the magical signatures on it. Maya nodded in agreement. Mm, shame. Dolohov. He's one of the ones that died, isn't that right? I killed him, Sirius spoke up. Godric's Hollow, last year at Christmas. Convenient, Kingsley said with a sly glance, his attention turning back to Maya. Maya smiled politely. 
I thought so. If there's any questions about my testimony, I'd be happy to undergo vigilancy and to serum. Caught off guard by the words, Kingsley's mouth fell open. Her story was, of course, false, but offering to take serum and undergo legitimacy, however, was a bold move, and one that few would question. I seem to remember Albus telling me that you were quite the Oclumens, Kingsley commented with a grin. Am I? Maya feigned ignorance. <laughs> what a lovely talent. I hope it'll one day come in handy. And serum. Maya only smiled sweetly. Kingsley let out a deep laugh. Oh, you, Maya Potter, have been missed, he said with a wide grin and looked over her shoulder where Sirius stood gathered with Narcissa, Draco, Andromeda, Tonks, Remus, and Harry. His deep-set eyes turned back to Maya and he shook his head in amusement. Should I be worried that the Black family is regrouping? I'll let you know when I decide, Maya answered. Kingsley laughed again and turned around, shaking his head. He put a hand on Percy's shoulder, directing him away from her, muttering something about writing up a report on the official inquisition that just occurred and filing it away with his approval. Hermione? Harry approached her. I don't understand. How could you have offered to take serum? I've been using occlumency for years to build up resistance to legilimency, truth spells, and serum. Truth serum was one of uh, was something one needed to learn to overcome at Hogwarts, she said, side-eyeing Remus and Sirius. Since when? Harry asked, shocked. Remus's 16th birthday party. How'd you get serum while still in Hogwarts? Harry asked curiously, a grin building at the corners of his mouth. I brewed it, Maya answered smugly. I bought it, Remus chimed in. Sirius grinned. I nicked it. Totally reminds. See, Harry Potter and the Princess Bride have similar things because that, that reminds me of the part where he's like, "Yeah, I built up a tolerance to this." Like, oh my yeah. god, it does. Yeah, like yeah, yes. I, I just built it up. Like, no big deal. It always comes back to the Princess Bride here. Yeah, I, I mean, know. But why would it not? Everybody's like, said. "This is my battle of wits." <laughs> And we'd like to thank our August Foxes one more time. And we will start with our September patrons next week. We'd like to thank our Foxes, Montana, Muggle Trucker, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Jade, Claire Soothes, My ADHD, Goblin Brain, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Lisa, Tori, Camille, Morgan, Kiera, Leanne, Sierra, Stacy, Shannon, Martina, Bridget, Sandra, Kayla, Jordan, Claire, Kyla, Diana, Nicole, Sarah, Kenny, Amber, Ryland, Ash, Carissa, April, Kaylin, Audrey, Joshua, Kara, Melissa, another one for the baby jar, Kara, Crystal, Sarah, Ryder, Catherine, Crystal, Shauna, Cassie, Chris, Sylvia, Juliana, Jillian, Rachel, Cauldron Mist, Kendra, Samantha, Miriam, Becky, Misha, Elias, Dan, Montana, Frau Holly, Matthew, and Jasmine. Thank you again to all of our patrons. We love you so, 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 so much. And we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Whatcha? Whatcha? Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. 
You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.